What's better than this? Nothing. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Friday episode of the show, continuing our state of the franchise series, focusing on the NFC North. Kyle, happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to you, my friend. We uh recording on Thursday night, ahead of Thursday night football, ahead of the Draft Dudes live stream brought to you by our friends at Mighty Swell. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Seven o'clock. We got to get it in in front of the preseason football. Eagles and Patriots last night. By the time everybody listens to this, we'll, we'll have know what happened. And I'm sure everybody will be very even-keeled and non-overreactionary about anything and everything storylines-wise as pertaining to the preseason. But uh, yeah, football on last night. Football all weekend long. I'm ready to go. As long as you pre- preface your preseason takes by saying, I know it's only preseason. You're good, but, right? But, that's the key. But that's right. All right. So Chicago Bears up first today oh, on the podcast. Um, first thing we'll do is take a look at their recent draft halls and just talk about the uh, the prominent things that have happened of late for the Chicago Bears in the NFL mm-hmm. draft. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, I have one word written down here, and it is Guilty. uneven. The results of these draft picks have been rather uneven. Obviously, they had a couple of years in a row where they didn't have a first-round pick uh, because of the Khalil Mack trade. But there's been some there's been some miscalculations with some of their picks of late. Obviously, they have some good things going with what, what Roquan Smith has turned into, and it looks like David Montgomery is going to be a good back for them. But Mitch Trubisky flaming out as the number two pick in 2017. Um you know, that's a black eye, but they have some steals, right? Eddie Jackson late in the draft. Cody Whitehair is a nice pick for them. So uh, uneven results. Darnell Mooney looks like a good pick in the fifth round uh, in 2020. So hits and misses a galore here. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway is is you look at this year's class and, and Tevin Jenkins with a back procedure and is yeah. going to be laid up for an extended period of time. So it's kind of the Justin Field show. Uh, for the 2021 draft, but I think there's enough other pieces in Chicago where if they get the offensive line right, you can win some football games if you get quality quarterback play, and I know those are two really big ifs, right? And, and if, <laughs> sure. if you yeah. don't get it right, I think that'll dictate what we talk about for what this team's life cycle is right now. But um, I, I think if you reordered where some of these picks were made, then I think it... it gets a little easier to kind of process what their actual halls are on any given year. Um, but that, that like, thank goodness you got Eddie Jackson in 2017, right? Cause you got yeah. five players, Trubisky, Shaheen, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, Cohen and Jordan Morgan. Well, Jackson's been a massive boom for you, uh, but you'd ideally like to see a little bit better law of averages. And, and I think that can extend to, Every year, probably going back to uh, 2013 or so, where it's like, yeah, like you got a guy and he's been a really good player, but if you're getting one guy out of every draft class, it's it's not going to yield too much fruit for you in the long haul as far as trying to build a team. Yeah, especially for a, a long tenure GM like Ryan Pace. That's right. All right, which, so I think this team – go ahead. Which takes us to – where yes. this team is right now. <laughs> Great minds. I got him. I got him as win now, Kyle. They have to. Yeah. 
you're you're either going to win now or you are alternatively going to probably see a clean falling or full cleaning of the house, right? With GM, head coach, all of it. Like they, that's all on the table. And it's kind of an odd spot to be, right? Because they correct me if I'm wrong, haven't had a losing season under Matt Nagy, have they? No. No, they It was like a 12 and 4, a 9 and 7 and an 8 and 8. I believe they've been pretty reasonable. Yeah. yeah, With below um, average quarterback play, Kyle, nonetheless. So I guess that's, is it fair for that expectation in your mind for them to be perceived as a win now team relative to what Matt Nagy has done since he's been there? Or is it because he boomed early and has fallen off is that's why we're in the situation that we are. Well, I, I think it's just the reality of being in year four um, and having a program that has been moderately successful under your leadership with a lot of veterans on the team and uh, a well-established general manager. And so I think those ingredients point to a, a franchise that should perceive itself as win now. And we'll see what happens at quarterback this year if Andy Dalton claims the job and you know is serviceable all year and they have success or if Justin Fields winds up getting into the lineup, but something we talked about last week on the podcast that people gave us feedback on was, you know, just how, how is this leash? Is, is it really that short for Nagy? Mm-hmm. Who's had a reasonable start to his career. And some people kind of pushed back and said, no, I think the perception out there might be a little bit too strong when people say, you know, they have to achieve a certain amount of success this year for Nagy to come back. And, and, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe there's a, a two-year window here, but I think the reality is there's enough signs here that point to this team being more win now than anything. So if they go about 500 this year, I could see a scenario in which Nagy comes back, but you better not start 0-3 in 2022. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because so, you'll be gone in the first month of the season, right? Yeah, if he's back in, in 2022 after a, a middling season, yeah, it's okay. Have we peaked with you? Is this as far as you can take us? That's going to be key. So as it relates to future needs for the Chicago Bears, Kyle, I've got some stuff down. I'll rip through my my list. You could tell me. Receiver. Well, yeah, that's what I had number one. You know, Mooney, Ridley, and Newsom. Those are the only three signed beyond this year. I have an all capitals offensive line. You know, I think there's work to be done here, man. And, And obviously it's unfortunate to hear about Tevin Jenkins and his injury, but. Just, they just need more up front. I think defensive line depth is something to be mindful of. Uh, they need a safety opposite of Eddie Jackson, in my mind, like a long-term answer. And then I wouldn't be done investing corner. at cornerback if I were Chicago. Yep, I think we're totally on the same page. Uh, David Montgomery, I think, is going to have a really nice chance to follow up on the strong season that he had to the end of the year last year. Might be one of those few bell cow type backs. I know, obviously, Tariq Cohen's presence is something to be mindful of. He's on PUP right now. And Khalil Herbert, baby. No, yeah, okay. You should have heard Paige DeMacos talking about Khalil Herbert in the stands at Soldier Field last weekend for the first preseason game. She was like, get this guy out of here. Mm. And then he had a couple nice runs, and she's like, actually, he's not bad. And then he had like another <laughs> run for one yard, and she was like, ah, get him yeah. out of the game. <laughs> the ebbs and flows, right, of, of being exposed to new players. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think we see Chicago very, very similarly as far as needs on the roster, what the perception is, and how they drafted. 
Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. Kyle, they've got coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, salted caramel, and they just announced a new flavor, I think yesterday, pistachio. And you better believe I got a couple boxes on the way. I can't wait to try it. Maybe you don't know where to start with Built Bar, but you want to check out what all this hype is about. You can get a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors and try them all and see what you like. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they are healthy too. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. We've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBars.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15, you won't. Go ahead. All right, so the Detroit Lions are up. I had to throw the, I had to throw the dare out there. Next. I didn't understand sets. it. That's why I didn't like, say You won't. You won't. I don't know what that's from. I'm, dare, I'm daring them. Oh, like to go get, yeah, you like, dare me, lock, I'll do it? Okay. Yeah. All right. lock, like I, I got to twist mean, your arm a little bit. You won't. Do it or don't. Like, the, do you want good protein bars that are good for you or not? Like, the world's most delicious protein yeah. bar. There should be no arm twisting necessary. Just go eat them and they're good. All right, Kyle, Detroit Lions. So this is my most interesting draft take yet because I've, I've looked through these and advanced these conversations. Mm-hmm. Under recent draft halls for the Detroit Lions, I wrote down two words. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Now, ideally, they'd have all these hits, you know, and they do, they have some good players they've drafted in Frank Ragnow, TJ Hawkinson. Now, there's players that they can work with here, but it doesn't matter. This is a new day in Detroit. This is as hard of a transition as I've seen them make in a long time with new general manager, new head coach, a completely new philosophy and like just energy in the building. It doesn't matter what they've done in the past. What we saw them do this year under Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell was get hard-nosed football players that are physical, competitive, and talented. And whether that's Penny Sewell or Aleem McNeil or Armin Ross St. Brown, Derek Brown, Derek Barnes, a linebacker from Purdue, if I had to Melifon, well, like all of these players, there is a type here. And so what you've done in the past doesn't matter. I think you got a really nice class to work with. Moving forward, you got a ton of draft capital coming up. The past does not matter. Blank slate. Yes. Yep. That was the thing for me is it's and we we talked for two years about how man the Lions are really all in with the Matt Patricia model and this could get dicey because Detroit's not a team that has a lot of stability. So if it doesn't materialize, you could be getting rid of a lot of these players as quickly as you're bringing them in, and you know that may be the case now. I look at some of the players that are going to be left over from some of these past draft classes, and I think you have some quality starters. Uh, you have some complementary pieces. But, um, yeah, li- like you said, it's kind of about the blank canvas. And if I were this Lions regime, I wouldn't have emotional attachments to anybody outside of TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift. We'll see what Jeff Okuda looks like in year two. So, uh, I think there's a handful of players that you could consider cornerstones, but I'm excited to see what they do from here. Yeah, Coot yeah, is the one, right? Like, I, I know it that's doesn't matter, one. but if he becomes the truth as a number three pick in 2020, that, that's going to matter a lot for this team. Their life cycle status, Kyle, they're rebuilding, right? Like, Re- 
building point blank period. Right. No Simple questions asked. All right. So for future needs, you want to take everything. the lead here? Yeah. Let's do, let's just call it everything, right? This is <laughs> well, hashtag I, this is hashtag draft good players. Right? I think there's four positions in particular that stand out above the rest, but yes, hashtag good get good football players is a good idea. Okay. So we're going to call out the wide receiver room. We're going to call yes. out the edge room. I thought about that, but they've got dollars invested in Aquara and uh, Trey Flowers. I don't know how long Trey Flowers is going to stick on that contract. <laughs> so, this is entering. I'm sure into they're looking for an out, but they they, they, they sign him on have... a, sign it for 18 million per on average. Mm. So <laughs> probably receptive to changing directions there, right? Because that was one of the big. Matt Patricia signings because yep. he came from New England in free agency and got into a bidding war with the other Miami or the other New England assistant in Miami where Miami was in the market up until about 16 and a half and they tapped out and they're like, now you can have, right? Go, <laughs> go right ahead. Big win for Miami there, right? Right. So uh, the corner room. Yes. Uh, the offensive line actually too. looks pretty solid. Yeah. O-line solid. I think safety as well. And then you can get into the the linebackers. As a, and yeah. did we mention quarterback? I don't remember if we did or not. I have it down. I think it's something where you should probably approach it. Like if there's a guy you really believe in, you know, that's can definitely be your answer. I, I would do it, but I don't think they should be in this urgent position to get a quarterback. Not I mean, golf class. is no, yeah, and, and golf is signed for a while, and you've got multiple ones the next two years. You know, so. Don't force it. That, I think that's right probably guy. the biggest messaging I would have is don't be in a rush to do this overnight. Like, let's be honest, you're Detroit. Jim Caldwell won you nine games per season, and it was the best coaching success you've had in a really long time, if not ever, over the course of like an average of four years. Right? So mm -hmm. have that perspective understand this is a long-term process and don't don't put unfair expectations on a team that has kind of been stuck in neutral for a really long time embrace the rebuild and and a lot of times when you do that that's what helps push you to finally getting over the hump think about what cleveland did they embrace the rebuild the dolphins in 2019 embrace the rebuild the bills in 20 was it 2017 17 yeah embrace the rebuild like that's where you're at right now be honest with yourself and i think that's the most important thing detroit can do all right so green bay packers how do these uh recent draft halls make you feel kyle well i think the packers have done a really nice job of finding impact players um maybe not all at the spots where we would consistently like to see them make draft picks but you think about what they were able to find with Darnell Savage and what they were able to find with what Rayshon Gary looked like uh, down the stretch in 2020. Eldon Jenkins. Yep. Uh, that draft class by itself, the first three picks you made were home run picks. And then you get into 2018 with Jair Alexander. Uh, you look at some of the uh, middle round picks that they made. Valdez Scantling in the fifth round was a really good value for that juncture in the draft. He's had some success. 
uh, Josh Aaron Jones, excuse me, in 2017 in the fifth round. So they found good value. Kenny Clark in the first round of 2016. What they have done in the last two years is really fascinating to me because this was like the crunch time with Aaron Rodgers. And obviously everybody's going to point to the, the Jordan Love pick. Um, but even the rest of that class, Dylan, DeGora, Kamal Martin, John Runyon, did we maximize our opportunity there? I think that th this is this is how you get to be a really good team, but you don't get over the hump, right? And, and that's my worry for this year's class. We'll see. I'm enthusiastic about Stokes Myers and Amari Rogers, but is that going to be enough to put you over the top? Because that's the what kind I'm, of class you need. What I'm fascinated with this Packers draft history is how these young offensive linemen pan out because they said goodbye to – Brian Balaga and Corey Lindsley. Yep. And, you know, they had a couple of spots in this offensive line already that, you know, on the interior that were of, of concern. And so you know, Josh Myers is a second round pick. Royce Newman as a four. Uh, Cole Van Lannan as a six. In 2020, they went after John Runyon and Jake Hansen and uh, Simon Step Stepanak. Like, are any of these guys going to be answers? Because that's going to make a big difference in their roster construction moving forward in terms of. Can these young players on rookie deals be good starters and allow you to kind of plug in some gaps elsewhere? You know what's really funny about the vast majority of those names is like they're all built exactly the same. It's like you think yeah. about like types, right? <laughs> it's like some types are the 325-pound maulers. This is kind of the, the boxy-built, nimble-footed, not overly long offensive line. Like they're all kind of generally speaking, and I'm, I'm sure I'm taking some liberties with individual measurables for any one of these respective guys. So I just think it's interesting that they're all mid round day three solid type selections that don't have ideal physical tools for the offensive line with the exception of Elgin Jenkins, who they draft in the second round. And ironically enough, he's been the boom of the group, right? So uh, we'll, we'll see what that gets them, but perhaps this is an investment in sacks or a quarterback stat. We got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, who knows so much of what's going on at the line of scrimmage. So we trust him to kind of navigate a lot of these things. All right, so your your life cycle status for the Green Bay Packers, obviously this is a little complicated because I don't think any of us really believe Rodgers is there beyond this year. No, this is win now. He's absolutely win now. A, and a contender at that. Like this is mm -hmm. this is probably the first win now team that I feel like can actually win now, but yep. They've got to do it because it's going to look a little different probably next year. I mean, could you call him an Is it even fair to call him an aging contender just because Rodgers is old, like, you know what I mean? The rest of the roster's good, you know? Like, right. The, I, I understand there's a drop-off coming at quarterback, no question, but this is still a good enough roster where in the this division, the, the, the NFC North, I still think with reasonable quarterback play, they're going to be right there in it. We'll call, we'll call it a win now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so future needs. Um I've got four things down. Quarterback, right? So if if Jordan Love's not it, Jordan Love you, disrespect. I appreciate. Well, we just it. don't Go know. Ahead. We just don't know, Kyle. Uh, receiver, you know, I mean, it, 
Devontae Adams, like his contract situation is dicey right now. And if they lose him, they're in a world of trouble. And they got a nice young player in Amari Rogers, but you know, I think that they need to build this out a little bit differently. I have down uh, offensive, offensive tackle. Line. Yeah, well, offensive tackle for sure. Uh, unless one of these guys winds up being an answer at tackle, and then off-ball linebacker, I think would yes. be something that could change the dynamics of their defense a little bit. Yeah, you you get one stud three-down linebacker in this group. Oh yeah. And I think you're really excited with what you can do in sub packages and matching coverage and run fits and all that kind of stuff. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest which are both now open at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday night game on September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, baseball, boxing, right to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so the last team is the Minnesota Vikings. And Kyle, we talked a little bit yesterday as we worked through the AFC North about the teams that have drafted for volume. New and men on the Minnesota no Vikings. No team, no team has embraced the volume approach quite like the Minnesota Vikings, who picked 11 players in 21, 15 in 20, 12 in 2019, 8 in 18, 11 in 17, 8 in 16, 10 in 15, 10 in 14. Like these, this team hasn't picked less than eight players in a draft since 2009. I mean, most of the time they're picking 10 plus. Unreal amount of volume. Here's my question. What did you think of this year's draft? Ignore uh, the fact that Darisaw is hurt. I like it. Um, Do you? Yeah, because I'm higher in Wyatt Davis than you are. And I like Janarius Robinson as a late-round guy. And I, well, think I Patrick love Janarius Jones Robinson. Has a good chance to be a... I like Amirimus Smith-Marset. How many players do you envision being year one contributors? Darisaw, at least one of the defensive ends, three. Okay. Uh, 2019, it's a tough pill to swallow. When you look at, they only had two top 100 picks, Garrett Bradbury and Irv Smith. Starters. Uh, Starters, yes. (laughs) I do think Garrett Bradbury needs to... Take another jump, right? I don't think when you consider he was drafted at 18, great scheme fit. Now it's just, but when you're drafted that high as a center, you got to live up to certain expectations. Yeah, I don't, player. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that he's there yet, right? Uh, 2018, Mike Hughes, Brian O'Neill, Jalen Holmes, Tyler Conklin, 
So they they've O'Neal? got a lot of volume. I I don't Good know right that tackle. they've I don't know that they've been maximizing some of Got the it. volume opportunities that they've had. And that was the general theme I to walk away with. I was impressed by how many picks they've made, but it's like, man, like where's the rest of, of it? You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you think they're in win now mode? Because I do. I think they have to be, right? They yeah. they've kind of been stuck in neutral here for a couple years after they they had the Pushed to the NFC Championship game against Philadelphia and fell short in that opportunity. They obviously had the miraculous win against the Saints in that playoff game in the divisional round. And the team we've seen since, it just feels like it hasn't gotten back on the horse. Right. All right, so for future needs, I've got um, they got to figure out the Brian O'Neill contract, right? If he's going to be yes. their long-term guy that they pay. They probably should do that, but these right tackle prices are going up. Hello, it's Taylor Moton. Um, man, right? I, I still think another interior offensive lineman Sheesh. is needed here. If, if Wyatt Davis can't be the answer at one of those spots, the secondary corner and edge or corner and safety, both I think need more investments. Um, so uh, the kind of the edges, right? The defensive end corner, yeah, the perimeter safety play. offensive tackle, yeah. right? So I think that's, need- that's, that's the maddening part about it, right? Because you think about every single one of those spots and they've invested like, at least one significant pick there in recent history. Yeah. <laughs> Draft picks are a funny thing. Yeah. So lottery tickets. And sometimes you win the, the dollar payout and sometimes you win the 20 and sometimes you win the five G's. Uh, I would never know. I've never won on a scratch off ticket before, but really, I can tell like you two that, bucks or nothing. No, wow. I, I get them very sparingly. So I don't have a lot of experience with them, but I could tell you that we are winners here on draft dudes for each and every one of you who carve time out of your Friday to listen to this state of the NFC North. Uh, we thank you for listening to the show. Hope you enjoy a weekend full of preseason football. We hope that you hit subscribe on the podcast. Join us again next week. Kyle Krabs, Joe and Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to the draft dudes podcast.